Hey everyone, welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we find ourselves in Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13 reads, There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those eighteen of whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told this parable, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for eighteen years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and do not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And as he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the people rejoiced at the glorious things that were done by him. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like, and to what shall I compare it? It's like the grain of mustard seed that man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like the leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. He went on his way through the towns and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of his house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. At that very hour some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I will finish my course. Nevertheless, I must go on my way today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing." Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So for today's nugget, we're going to focus in on two verses, verses 20 and 21 here in this passage. And we're going to focus on the teaching here on the leaven. 
And now when we usually hear Jesus talking about leaven here in the Gospels, we often see that in a negative sense in terms of the leaven of the Pharisees or the teaching of the Pharisees or the teaching of the scribes. And so it's seen as a negative thing in that context. But here we see that it's focusing in on a positive thing. So in verse 20, it says, and again, he said to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It's like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. So the significance that we have here is the comparison between the kingdom of God and the leaven that is present in this bread that is being made by this woman. We can see about three specific things that this can show us in terms of parallels that can be anchors for us today. The first one is is that the leaven was most likely not usually seen in what was there. So the kingdom of God, though we may not see it at all times in our day today or even at this period of time, it does not mean that it is not active and it is not working. So they would take this part of the leaven and they would add it to what they're already going to grow through. And they would continually use that kind of like as a starter oftentimes when they're making the bread. So the leaven is in there in this part. They would pull a piece aside. They would set it aside. Then they would use that with the mixture of the next part that would be in here, three measures of the flour with the one measure of that leaven that was there that was in the previous type of bread that they had been making. And so it's not always visible what's going on there. It mainly usually looks just like the rest of the bread, but that leaven, when it's added to that, continues to permeate throughout. The second thing is that permeation throughout. It goes through all aspects of what's there. Though we may not see it right now, that permeation is in all areas of life as well as all areas of the world. We are not in a place where we believe that every tribe, every tongue, every nation has had access to the gospel, but it continues to move and expand through that given the time and the opportunity that's there. A final thing that we see is that the leaven activates, it expands, and it has its full and complete work done to the bread. When we see that with the gospel and the kingdom of heaven, we know that the kingdom of God is represented by the gospel and its impact and its exposure and its expansion throughout all areas of our world. And so as the kingdom of God expands, as the gospel expands, it's permeating to these things, as we've already said, and it is rising and it is allowing the different things that God is desiring to be done in and through the gospel to be expanding throughout all areas of our world. So as we think about that, we understand the gospel right now may be hidden in some areas. We do trust that it will continue to permeate to all aspects of our life, as well as all areas of the earth, and that it will rise and have its full result done in the timing of God and how he wants that to take place. All three of those things should be great encouragements to us as we seek to live our lives in a world that does not value often what we are trying to do in terms of living our lives in obedience to God and for his kingdom and glory purposes. As far as questions from this passage, we have to look no further than the opening verses to say, hey, what exactly is going on here? Verses 1 through 5, we can see that there's a situation, actually two specific situations that are being talked about that we don't really know a ton about. And so the first one is something happens with this Galileans. The pilot is mixing their blood with other things of their sacrifices. Then the second one, this tower at Siloam, falling and killing a specific number of people, 18, as it says there in verse 4. These are two situations that take place that we don't have really accounts of in other places that we're wondering, what are we talking about? So number one, it's important that we understand why these accounts are being brought into here. So we've talked about this before, that 
They had beliefs that disasters showed God's judgment upon these people. So these one group of people comes and they talk about the Galileans and what's happened is what's probably taking place is they're going to the temple to sacrifice and their actual blood mixes with the blood of the sacrifices they're making as Pilate has them killed there, which is pretty extreme, but in some way is brought about by a person who is outside of God's people doing this judgment upon these people at the altar. The second one, these people at the Tower of Siloam, there were these pools at the southern entrance into Jerusalem. One of them had a tower around it that must have fallen at some point in time and killed these people. But the big picture of what's happening is Jesus says, hey, do you think these people and the judgment that came about in their death, do you think that that was more significant upon them than it will be upon you? The obvious answer is, All judgment will be the same in the eyes of God for all of those who choose not to repent and believe. So it doesn't really matter how these people died. These are seemingly tragic situations that took place, but they're not to be seen as judgment upon those individuals for what they've done, but instead to understand that the final judgment is the judgment before God, not necessarily the judgment in front of these people. So the exact nature of these situations were not really given a clear detail on, but it's actually not the main point of what's happening here. It's not to give us detail about these two events and tell us what's going on, but it's to show as examples that when disaster strikes or these things happen, it's not necessarily that it's God's judgment upon those people because all will stand before God in judgment unless they repent and believe in the gospel. So as always, there are many other things that you might have that could be questions from this passage. We want you to think about those questions. We want you to seek the answers to those questions, whether you're finding them in study Bibles or other tools that you have, speaking to other people, asking them questions that they can answer for you from this if they have more knowledge and more ability to do those things. We're definitely encouraging that because what we're wanting you to do is to begin to speak about God's Word with the community around you, the individuals that are in your life, those you're living life with, so that you're collectively growing in your love for the Lord, understanding more and more each day how He desires to be glorified in your life. Know today you were loved. You're